Hi, everyone, and welcome to another episode of the Wolfpacker Show. My name is Ethan McDowell, and I'm joined as I am every week by Noah Fleischman. I know when we logged off last time, we said we'd be back Thursday, but hey, we are back sooner than that because we received huge news this afternoon from head coach Dave Dorn. He made things official Monday afternoon. MJ Morris is taking over NC State's starting quarterback job from Brennan Armstrong, who started the previous matchups for the Wolfpack this fall. We're going to dive right into it. Um, we just posted a bunch of um, stories up on the wolfpacker.com and now we want to talk through our takes our thoughts on this initial breaking news but before we do that just a quick housekeeping note um, we both work for the wolfpacker.com that's part of the on three sports network go check it out it's a great website we cover pretty much everything to do with nc state and uh you know it's only one dollar to subscribe to our premium message board and the premium access to our premium articles for just one dollar that gets you access to recruiting scoops, full team coverage and analysis. Uh, I just put up a story just kind of detailing what MJ Morse brings to NC State's offense. We're going to discuss a lot of that here today, but um, go check it out. It's a fun community of NC State fans. You can talk about, you know, vent about a loss, celebrate a win together, all for $1. It's a great time to join the website. So go check it out at thewolfpacker.com. All right. Noah, let's dive into it. MJ Morris, he started a couple games last season. He led the Wolfpack to a comeback win over Virginia Tech as the backup and then started in a really impressive win over Wake Forest and then a loss to Boston College where he was injured and then missed the rest of the year. So we know more about MJ Morris than um, most people know about most sophomore quarterbacks. What we don't know is what to expect for the rest of this season. So before we get into that, just Noah, your initial thoughts. Uh, this wasn't news that I was expecting personally to come through today, but just know your initial impressions and um, takes on NJ Morris taking over the starting quarterback job. Yeah, you know, I thought it was a possibility, not this season, like not early in this season. I think mean, we talked about it, what? A couple of days ago about, you know, what we thought, you know, could possibly happen if they want to preserve the red shirt and, and what this or that, but turns out they don't really uh, care too much about the red shirt anymore. They're burning it. They're just going to move on and, and just let them play, um, which I think is the right call at this point. You know, Dave Dorn today talked about they want to spark on the offense. And they think that, that he is the kind of guy that can bring that. Um, obviously he's a young guy played well last year um, in his, the games that he played in. he played in five, played meaningful snaps in four of them. Played at Syracuse for like I think three total snaps, which ends up hurting his retro ability last year. But it is what it is. They're moving on. They're they're keeping him, you know, as this and making him the starting quarterback. And it's surprising, but at the same time, if they're going to make a change, they got to do it now. And, and before I guess the season gets too far um, down the road, whether or not you know positive or negative, if you want to make the change, make it as early as possible and let that guy kind of take over. And, and it sets the stage not only for 2023, but 2024 and 2025, giving him seven games of experience before, you know, next year rolls around and he's got it from game one. Yeah, when when Dave Doran broke the quarterback change news to us on the Wolfpacker.com earlier this summer, um, he told us that Brennan was going to have this was the starting quarterback at that point that summer. But he also emphasized MJ is the future of this program. Well, now the future is right now. The future is this Saturday against Marshall. At that time, I moved a little faster than they expected. Um, they did want to redshirt him this year. 
but you know, the coaches are doing what they believe is going to give the pack the best chance to have success for the rest of the season. What we didn't know is how MJ has progressed so far through fall camp and through the first few weeks of the season, as far as just like, you know, getting a handle on the system and, you know, taking those strides that an underclassman does like at this point in their career. And it turns out that for everything we've heard from coach Doran is that he took some great steps forward. He's in a good headspace and he's looking great right now, which all of that leads up to, okay, let's hand the sophomore the reins of this offense. Let's see what he can do. Um, the last time we saw him on the field was the spring game. I thought he looked really good in a rain-soaked spring game. I mean, he just has just some arm talent that is just super impressive. And um, he had one throw that I've put it out on Twitter. I've posted it on our website a bunch where he's stepping up in the pocket, senses pressure, and on the move just delivers the strike across the middle. And uh, it's just really impressive. He broke out some, like, runs in the spring game as well. So uh, I, I'm in, I was encouraged by what we saw of him last time we saw him in action. And I'm very intrigued by what he's going to look like when we see him on the field for the first time against the Thundering Herd this Saturday. Noah, let, let's talk a little bit more about the timing of this all. So NC State is 3-2. and two. They just lost to Louisville in a game where, yes, the offense was terrible. It, it had a low bar to get over, as we've discussed, and it couldn't do it. Um, you kind of we've or we've talked about it off off the pod, and I think you might have touched on it when we recorded on Saturday about just a idea of maybe playing him for the last four games and um, going from there and preserving a redshirt, and then you know you, you you get him back next year as a he's a redshirt sophomore. What do you think about just the timing? of when when to make this call you said you feel like they kind of have to do it now and um, why is that and um just kind of how are you feeling about when they decided to make the switch here yeah i think you do because you know if the offense just if it looks the same which it did against louisville if it say they do that the next you know i think what they have seven laps they'd have to get three more to get to that four game threshold that you know keep them there if it looked the same for those next three games which marshall duke clemson then, you know, you would be like, OK, we're going to make a change and keep the red shirt and do that. But at the same time, you risk a sophomore kind of, you know, checking out, you know, mentally and just being like, well, I'm not going to play this year. And, and you risk that. A little bit. I'm not saying it would have happened, but you kind of run the risk of, you know, a young guy just saying, well, I'm not playing and, and things aren't going my way. And maybe he thinks about transferring. They already have basically one player already jump in the portal kind of already with Jordan Houston winning the red shirt and, and be done with the year already. So you could have risked something like that. Um, and. That's one thing, but it's also the time that Dave Doran said it's the right time, right? It's it's things didn't go well. They had a winnable game against Louisville. The defense did everything it could to keep it as close as possible. Um, and when you lose a 13-10 game and don't move the ball well at all, I think, you know, you've got to shake something up. They've tried shaking up play calling a little bit. You know, you talked about that after um, the Virginia game, not really narrowing the playbook as much. It's just, you know, getting basics and fundamentals, and, and that didn't even work. So – I think the next step was make a change on the field and see what happens. Um, this isn't going to guarantee that NC State's going to run the table, go seven and zero, and you know play in the ACC championship. It's possible, I'm sure. It will, it's possible, but at the same time, you got to make a change and think. You know what? It's time to build for the future. Not saying they're throwing away on this season. I think this is their best case scenario of winning as many games as possible. But it also helps building for the future and making next year's team and the year after you know, be really efficient on offense. 
Um, and we'll see how it goes, but it's MJ Morris' time to shine here in Raleigh. Yeah, and you know, I don't think I would have been worried at all about him checking out or anything. But if if you wait wait to make that choice, and then you're looking at, okay, say they still beat Marshall this weekend, but then they drop games to Duke and Clemson. Then you're four and four. Um, ACC titles pretty much out of out of the question at that point, and um, you're in a scrap for bowl eligibility. Now, I mean, hey, you. You can go on a little run if you pick up some momentum here, establish some solid momentum against Marshall and Duke, and then it's a bye week and then a huge game against Clemson. So I, I like the timing. I in this in today's college football, man, it's like, you know, it's nice to have that extra year. But i when you have a talented player play them, you never know what's gonna happen player movement wise. You don't know where your team will be at. When he would be a when MJ would be a, a redshirt senior, so you know, in my opinion, great move by the staff. If they feel like this is going to give them the best chance to move the ball to win games, great move to um, go with MJ here. I, I want to circle back to Brendan Brendan a little bit because you know, obviously, it's been a tough year for him. He he struggled against uh, against Louisville with um you know he he threw the two interceptions that um you know especially the second one, was not a good throw, finishing 13 for 25, 112 yards. Moving the ball through the air, he has struggled. Um, on the ground, he's actually he's been excellent. He had 61 um, rushing yards against um, Louisville. He's leading the team at that in that mark this season. But, you know, when you bring someone like Brennan in, it's someone who can raise your ceiling potentially, but he could also lower your floor. He was at Virginia. He was a home run hitter. He would strike out, but man, he hit a lot of home runs at UVA. This season, it was just a lot more strikeouts. And he wasn't really hitting doubles as much either, right? So you you bring in MJ, who I think could provide a steadier hand. And you still have Brennan, who, I mean, I've talked to him a few times. I think he, he seems like a great guy who's going to you know handle this in a really mature way and still be there to help out MJ, help out his team as they um, continue down the season. And if last season show, showed us anything, he might have to play again with um, injuries and just the way, you know, that works. So, you know, I'm sure he'll stay ready. He's an experienced guy, a mature guy who um, I think uh, will still be there to help out the QB room as well. All right. So, MJ Morris, last season. Let's take a look back at those stats from last year. He threw for 648 yards, seven touchdowns, and one interception during that season. That's pretty dang impressive numbers for the soft for the sophomore. And um, you know, his first two games, it was mop up duty against Charleston Southern, and then you know he came in for a few snaps against Syracuse, threw one pass. Then when, when he came in against Virginia Tech. It was a um, it, it was it was a bit of a revelation for the team. He helped engineer that comeback with just um, you know, some huge plays through the air, showing off great accuracy, great um, poise in the pocket, and uh, you know, connecting on a few touchdown passes that brought them back. Noah, from what you've seen, I know you weren't on the beat at that point, but from what you've seen on um, the highlights of those games, just from anything you've seen of MJ Morris, what makes you confident? that he could help provide that spark that Dave Dorn was talking so much about. 
Yeah, I think he's got, you know, a really elite arm talent, right? As a quarterback, he's dynamic. He can make basically every throw. You talk about that one clip that, you know, you posted earlier today. You know, he's on the move, puts it right where it needs to be, like a dart, and, and it worked well. So I think when you compare him to an Armstrong, he's probably got a better arm than Brennan, right? Just being a younger guy, not as experienced, um, which is kind of, you know, a knock on him. But I also think, you know, he's, he's he can run the ball. He's just not a downhill runner. He's not Brennan Armstrong who turns into a running back, basically, once he gets past the line of scrimmage. He can run it. it it's fine. It'll work. Um, but, yeah, I think that's the biggest difference between the two. Morris is definitely a big passer, which – NC State hasn't found consistency in either the pass game or run game this year. Passing has been a little bit better. Um, Louisville wasn't, but, you know, the first what, first three or four games was fine. So I think when you look at it now, pass game is going to become, you know, reliant because he's not going to be able to tuck the ball and run for 100 yards like Brennan Armstrong did at UConn. Um, so I think that'll be interesting. We'll see if they can get the receivers involved. And there's a ton of young – this team is going to look very young on offense, you know, when you think about it. And receivers especially is a spot at that, you know, with KC being a freshman, Terrell Timmons being a sophomore. You just run down the list. There's a lot of young guys. You also do have an eighth-year Bradley Rosner, which may actually help a young quarterback having a very veteran receiver on the field with him, um, help keep his composure and things like that a little bit. So I think that helps. Um, but, yeah, it's going to be a young offense. And, and MJ, I think, you know, both quarterbacks have – pros and cons, right? And I think that, you know, at this point, they need his pros to outweigh his cons, and we'll see how it happens. But Marshall is not the best scenario to walk into as, as your first start of the year, but it's also not the worst of what's coming up on the horizon relatively soon with Clemson and Miami. So this is going to be a good starting point for them, and, and we'll see how they do. You know, Marshall's 2-0 and against Power 5 opponents under Charles Huff. Yeah, it's not like he's going to make his first start this season against um... – against VMI, right? Like he's he's going to get tested against his martial defense that uh you know, I believe um when they played Virginia Tech, it might have been their new starting quarterback Kyron Drones. I believe it might might have been his first start of the season too. So Mar yeah. Marshall's, you know, has some history already this season with making life difficult on a um, first-time starter. And they played Old Dominion last week who made a switch before that game too. So if you really think about it, that could be three weeks in a row of seeing a new quarterback. Man, so their defensive staff is having um one heck of a time game planning for these guys. But um they're you know, yeah, they're two and oh in those games, right? So we'll see how that happens. But you mentioned MJ's pros outweighing his cons. And um, you know, when you go back and you look at those games, for me, the main the only con really that pops up for me is just the inexperience. Yeah, I, I I mean, you you look at the numbers and it's he 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 struggled a little bit when blitzed last season. I believe it was um he was completing he was only averaging like four point six yards per attempt when he was blitzed when he was pressured, right? And com completing you know seven of seventeen of those passes. He he was blitzed on twenty nine total dropbacks, and he actually put up some pretty impressive numbers when, when NC State picked up the blitz. He was able to connect on 14 of 22 passes for 160 yards, four touchdowns, and zero interceptions. So the pressure itself doesn't really rattle him. It's just when that pocket collapses that um, his you know production kind of decreases after that. With that said, that is definitely something that to me screams, oh, this can improve with more experience. I bet we'll see a step forward pretty much immediately in that department from him because, shoot, he's had – 
some time to practice against NC State's defense, which is going to be just as good as any defense he plays against this season. So you look at that and you're like, all right, here's a talented sophomore quarterback. He comes in, he's hopefully got some good chemistry established with these guys in practice. Um, and we'll see what happens. I I'm excited to see what the results are Saturday, you know, playing in front of a uh, Carter friendly crowd that at points was chanting for MJ Morris um, last week. So we'll see, you know, he's going to have that crowd behind him. I think every single person in Wolfpack nation is going to be rooting extremely hard for him to succeed. And uh, it, it, it'll be cool to see. I'm looking forward to it. A couple more notes before we wrap up this emergency podcast. Um, I'm going to be interested to see how the changes around him take into effect. First of all, Dylan McMahon was an, announced that he's expected to come back. That's huge. Getting your veteran center back, you slide Lyndon Cooper back out the guard. He's a very, very solid guard. And you have your captain, your center back there kind of anchoring, helping MJ through this transition process, right? And then um, you have another one where you look at they, they kept the line the same otherwise, uh, but I'm going to be interested to see how Jacarius Peak kind of slots in because he played the majority of the snaps at right tackle last week, the redshirt freshman, also from Georgia. Um, so you have an interesting connection there, and we'll see how if he gets more snaps against Marshall or if they stick with Tim Timothy McKay at right tackle and keep Derek Eason at right guard. Um, Noah, I wanted to ask you about um, another change they made to the depth chart with um, the receiver room. They they slid Julian Gray into the um, flex Y position. Um, for those who aren't familiar with the football terminology, that's just the same position that Porter Rooks and Juice Vereen have been playing this season. So Noah, when you saw that, just kind of what's your reactions to um, that kind of position switch and what kind of impact do you think it will have? Yeah, I think, you know, he's been excellent on kick return this year, right? And I think they want to keep him, you know, find more ways to get the ball in his hand, right? They got to shake something on the offense. Um, when you when you think about the past game kind of being inconsistent at times, it was not consistent against Louisville. So maybe that's an opportunity to, to get the ball in his hand a little bit. It also may signal another thing where, you know, it's the same position Juice Green plays. And he didn't play last week. He's at his four games as a true freshman. So could be trying to redshirt him? Maybe. It might be like one of those things where – you hope that they can keep the red shirt and see how the last seven games go. If people get hurt, then put them in and let it go. But um, that could be a case too. But, you know, I think they want to get the ball in his hand and, you know, that this, this might be a better spot for him to do that. Yeah. And I mean, he, we've seen it. He's dynamic with the ball in his hand. And um, I think, you know, I think his skill set will be well suited for the slot. I think he'll thrive there. And then shoot, you have slot receivers where you have, um, it's KC and Julian Gray. Gosh, that's that's going to be tough for safeties and nickels to cover this season. That's going to be a very difficult challenge. So that'll be interesting to see as well. Um, before we get out of here, Noah, I just wanted to read off one more stat. Um, something I'm going to be keeping an eye on going yeah. forward, in addition to seeing how he builds chemistry with all the receivers, is um, Trent Penix's production. He's had a quiet year so far this year. He's been working his way back from a, an injury during fall camp. But uh, when MJ Morris played last season, I'll run it through against Virginia Tech, three catches, 25 yards, and a touchdown. Against Wake Forest, one catch, eight yards. And then Boston College, two catches, 53 yards, and a touchdown. Both of his touchdowns last season, both happened with MJ Morris at quarterback. 
I'm going to be interested to see. Um, you know, honest, sometimes tight end can be a quarterback's best friend. It's kind of a safety net there. Um, we haven't seen much from Trent so far this year, but I'm, I'm going to be interested to see if with MJ under center, maybe that unlocks Trent a little bit more in the passing game as well, which could be exciting to see. It's interesting because, you know, it's not often going into game six. You have so many unknowns now with the off- offense, right? We, like we don't really know how this offense is going to look with MJ, but it's exciting. It adds a lot of intrigue to a game that was already going to be a really tough matchup. So it'll be very interesting to see moving forward. All right. Before we get out of here, I want to thank our sponsor, Game Time. The uh, Game Time app is a ticket buying and selling marketplace. Um, you can check it out for you know football games, basketball games, concerts, comedy shows. They have pretty much everything. So you can download the Game Time app or you can go to gametime.co to check it out. Um, they have, you know, tickets up right until kickoff, tip-off, the first song of that concert, whatever. Go check it out. Um, my favorite thing about the app by far is when you pull it up, you can see exactly where you would be sitting. For, sitting. So here's tickets for the UNC game later this year. If you're watching on YouTube, I'm going to hold it up to the screen. You can see exactly where you'd be sitting. It's my favorite thing about the app. I love it. I use it. And if you use it, you know, go to gametime.co or download the GameTime app and check it out and use code all caps Wolfpack for $20 off your first purchase. All right. My name is Ethan McDowell. I'm with Noah Fleischman. This has been the Wolfpacker show. We will be back again later this week to fully break down the Marshall matchup. Thanks for watching.